0: We have a guest preacher today that, for many of you, is familiar. Some of you, if you've not been here for more than a year, then he's a brand new face. His name is uh, uh, Bishop Patrick Augustine. He is a Pakistani by birth, an American, uh, lives in Wisconsin with his his wife, Myra, is a lovely woman here in the front. Bishop Augustine is a retired Episcopal priest who is then consecrated bishop of South Sudan in a place called Bor, B-O-R. It's a very poor cunt part of the world, very poor part of the world, and, and filled with strife, as you probably know from the history of that part of the world. And in any event, uh, Bishop Augustine is here to tell us about the work he's doing there, which is really awesome. We are big supporters in, in this parish of his work there, and I want to encourage you to listen to him. He's very soft spoken, so you got to listen hard. <laughs> Mara's laughing. <laughs> He's got quite a voice. In any event, uh, please, Bishop, welcome, and thank you for sharing the word of God with us today. Uh, Please listen to what he's got to say. He'll be in coffee hour as well. You can chat with him there, and um, where we continue to uh, help him financially if you are so moved. You can make a check to Trinity Church and earmark it for Sudan, and it will go to his ministry through the Church Missionary Society in the Church of England. So, Bishop, thank you. Thank you.
1: I want to thank your good director, Father Chris, your clergy staff, your vestry, wardens, and all of you for inviting me to come this morning again. Your parish has been, uh, Father Chris said, uh, supporter, but generous, 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 I'll say three times, supporter for my work. And last time, a year ago, when I was here, I said from that pulpit that we have 3,700 children in our school, and they do not have any water from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and we need to bring clean water to the schools in Andrews uh, Primary and as Andrews High School in the Diocese of Abore in St. Andrews Cathedral, compound where I also sleep in a small kind of a mud hut where I stay when I am there. There is no electricity, there is no air conditioning, there is no clean water. So I've been making this appeal for the last two years, and your church generously provided a gift that this year where I was there, May and June, June 16th, we blessed the project. We dug a well for a month, and we built a tower of 45 feet high and put two tanks of uh, five thousand gallon each, yeah. and uh, so ten thousand gallon water is provided now from June sixteenth this year to thirty-seven hundred children, hundred teachers, and people who live in the compound. More than four thousand people now can benefit from that clean, fresh water every day, and the money being raised in the churches. Uh, uh, Central Florida and your church, a main donor now these children uh, the school is only two blocks away from the River Niles, and they suffer from malaria and uh, uh, diarrhea and uh, uh, dehydration. so now we provide for the last two years medicine for the prevention of uh, malaria and uh, uh, dysentery and also you know, packets which they can put in the water now and drink and re- get re- dehydrated. So we also have bought 20 sewing machines. Women can sit in a chair, and we have a teacher who teaches them. And 100 women have learned to know how to uh, sew and have the skill of a tailor. 80, 88 percent people because of 50 years of war, 2.1 million killed, and 4 million were dislodged as refugees. Now these ladies have a skill, and 100 women have been trained to have this skill. It is because with all the help your church generously and other churches have provided, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your generous help to stand. These are our brothers and sisters in the Anglican Communion, which is, you know, in 165 countries, over 80 million people, and these are not somebody, you know, who are distant. We are not a church who is just on the corner of this town and just on our own, but we are part of the worldwide church. Anglican Communion. So what it means is that they are worshiping through the same book, of common prayer, this morning in the Cathedral of Diocese of St. Andrews, Diocese of St. Andrews Cathedral, and over three thousand people will be this morning singing, praising, giving thanks to God, and the bishop or the Archbishop will be proclaiming the Word of God from the same Gospel which you just heard, and uh, so we help. Uh, brothers and sisters, not some strange people, and they also send their thanks, and they're also grateful and thankful for your help. Now, I want to say thank you, the choir, for picking out this beautiful music, and uh, Uh, you know, just a processional hymn, was so inspiring to me. The King of Love, my shepherd, is the image of Jesus, our good shepherd. Now, the sequence hymn, my faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now, hear me while I pray. Take all my guilt away. Oh, let me from this day be wholly thine. This inspiring hymn was written by Ray Palmer in early 1800 from a depth of faith and trust in God. This is perhaps why it still speaks To us and to us and to us all in the worldwide Anglican communion speaks to us of Christians of all these years because it does speak to us through the gospel this morning. My faith looks up to thee, Jesus the Christ, my Lord and Savior, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while we pray, while we praise, while we celebrate these divine mysteries of heaven from this holy Altar, hear our petitions and our prayer. The gospel reading consists of two parables the parable of great banquet, and the parable of the man without wedding garment. It is enough to make any interpreter, preacher, to go weak in the knees. I consider it among the most difficult parables of all. The church understood these parables as full-blown allegorical description of salvation history and Christian living. During the third century, a Christian early church father, Origen, he explains because he is also one of church's great theologian, and when he explains about this parable, he says God, men- King mentioned in this parable, is God. The marriage as the restoration of the Christian church, and the servants as the rejected. Prophets, messengers of God, the banquet as a spiritual food of God's divine mysteries. The king here we hear in this parable is enraged, upset, as people of Israel rejected his prophets, his messengers. This is a prophecy Jesus is giving through this parable about the future events which happened after Jesus' ascension into heaven from year 66 to 70 AD. When the city of Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was destroyed. This is where the trouble is, where there is judgment, beeping and gnashing of teeth. Aren't we Christians eager to tell the world that God loves them, that everything is going to be all right, that God welcomes the wicked people as well as the good people, then ordinary Ordinary Christians have to live in the real world where people lie and cheat and grab what they want. Somehow it does not fit into this. Isn't that we want to hear nice story? Many years ago, about 30 years ago, eh, you know, I bought three or four books, chicken soup, for the soul kind of stories. And I read a couple of them. These was, you know, kind of a, uh, a psychology telling some good story, but it did not have any meat in it, which is the gospel. And I really trashed those books. I said, "No, this is what I think some psychologists think. Drift away. From the Word of God, tell them some good story. And I've heard over the years, I've been priest in the United States for 37 years in four dioceses and eight years in Pakistan, so 44 years. And I used to hear sometime in the parish, Father, just tell us for five minutes some feeling good story. You know, that Catholic father on the other side, you know, when I was in La Crosse for 17 years, rector in Wisconsin. Uh, A lady used to tell me, Father, on the other side, you know, uh, in the Catholic cathedral, the father just tells the four or five minutes, you know, kind of a good story, and people feel good. You don't have to preach 20 minutes. So we will be still happy with you. No, I said, I'm actually, you know, hired and paid you know, eh, to preach the word of God, and if I gave you a skim milk kind of, you know, kind of light light theology, you will never grow, you will remain babies. So, this is where, you know, we hear that the king invites, and he invites them to the banquet, and these people refuse to come to receive that really the presence and the scripture and the sacraments in that banquet. And they make all kind of excuses. And here God wants us, the lesson is to be grown up, not babies and a part of being grown up is that we learn that actions have consequences. Well, these people who have been invited they refused God's invitation. The person, one of them found that he knew that he'd been invited and he came just in soiled clothing. And the king said, you're insulting me. You have not prepared yourself to come to this divine banquet. And he said, the judgment is announced on you. My brothers and sisters, when we are invited to come and kneel down or say the words of confession, that is the time we ask God to wash away with the blood of Jesus Christ which cleanses us from all sin and dirt and sludge. And God promises, if you come with real expectation and intention and bow before me and say, I'm here, Lord, to forgive me, restore me, bless me, renew me, the blood of Jesus Christ will wash us. When you say the words of confession this morning, pay attention to the words of absolution you will hear a warranty, guaranteed forgiveness of sins, not Father Chris or Bishop Patrick can forgive, but we announce it in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says there is no other name given in heaven and on earth, but only through the name of Jesus We call upon him, our sins will be forgiven, and we will find ourselves in the right attire in the banquet of the King Jesus. You know, if you look back on the Old Testament lesson, what we hear there is, these people of Israel were set free and brought from the heavy-handedness and the slavery of Satan. And they were about to enter into the promised land. And Moses goes to have his time with the Lord of Lords, Yahweh of Israel. And they started building and asking, uh, we want, you know, our God who will, will see. And they built molten images. And God is upset because they have desecrated the holy name of God. This is exactly in the modern days. In many of our churches in the West, instead of focusing our eyes on Jesus, the Savior of the world, who left heaven, and Philippians chapter 2, two Sundays ago was the epistle, that he emptied himself, canotic theology, that he emptied himself, although he was equal to God the Father, and became one of us in human flesh. But because of his humility, God gave him the name above every name, so every tongue should confess, and every knee should bow, that Jesus Christ is the Lord. But the modern church has come up with their own molten images and issues if we follow this issue, which maybe New York Times and Washington Post and other, you know, isms may be leading us. Then our churches will grow. We may have a new vitality. We will have bigger numbers but it has troubled the heart of Jesus. We work, and we are the members of the corporation of Mr. JC, Jesus the Christ. If I, am, I was working for Apple, but I'm working for Microsoft, this CEO will kick me out. The churches adopted their own, you know, issues of the time and we were drifted our attention away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the gospel is preached faithfully, lives are changed. Lives are blessed. People are healed. Then my faith, our faith, looks upon to thee the Lamb of Calvary who gave his life for the sins of humanity. And then we are blessed and empowered to preach the good news of the gospel you've experienced in your own parish. A few years back, you had conflict in this parish and the numbers dwindled away. Then your rector came and I believe I've heard from members of the vestry that then they faithfully without any compromise, the gospel was preached. People were invited from the highways and byways to come into this divine banquet, to come and be present on this holy altar and receive the sacrament of life when you hold that bread of life in your hand when you touch the cup of salvation. It is not a ritual Episcopalians do for Sunday morning for an hour, but it is real. Jesus Christ is risen and is present in this sacrament. He is present in this proclamation of the gospel, and he is here to touch and bless and renew the people of the Church of uh, 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 Trinity Church, God has the power to really empower you to go back into your community and go back into your home, go back into your you know, workplaces to live and to show the light of Jesus Christ if you come and receive him in your lives. Jesus said, Jesus invites us all, come unto me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will, not I may, tomorrow or in the future, But right here, this morning, and Jesus assures his church that if you come to me, all ye that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, I will give you my shalom, my peace, my rest. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to save sinners, we proclaim from this pulpit. Paul, the apostle of God, says, while we were still sinners, while we we're still sinning, Christ died for the ungodly, unrighteous people who did not have the right clothing for the banquet. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is an invitation to his banquet. This banquet is the Holy Eucharist to which we are all invited to take part. Let us, my brothers and sisters, examine at the time of confession our lives, prepare ourselves and clothe ourselves with the clothes of righteousness, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Ponder again, ponder again on the words of the hymn we just sang. My faith looks to thee, Thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine, now hear me while we pray. Take all my guilt away. Oh, let me from this day be wholly thine. Oh, Lamb of God, I come, I come to take part in this heavenly banquet to join you in this banquet thou lamb of calvary my faith looks up to thee in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen
0: thank you for tuning in to our trinity episcopal church podcast To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.